everybody and welcome to Blah Blah with Burrito. My name is Paul Burek. You can call me Burrito. And today I am uh, hanging out with Sharon, who happens to be my sister. <laughs> and so yes, there is a little bit of nepotism going on here. Um, but also she is one of the, the first people that came to my mind when thinking about um, today's topic. So that's why I'm hanging out with Sharon. Sharon, say hi for everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so Sharon is one of the people that came to the top of my mind when thinking about today's topic, um, which is doubt and deconstruction. And so Sharon, how about you tell us uh, a little bit more about that topic? Yeah, so this is to encourage others to just take a look at their beliefs and their doubts and maybe if they feel the need to deconstruct any of those then that's just what we're here to talk about awesome so i for one i'm really excited to talk about um this topic um, as it's been something that's been very prevalent in my life um, over the past probably years now probably about three years into this process um, and Sharon, let me, uh, let's hear a little bit more about uh, what brought you to deconstruction and what brought you to this whole idea. Yeah, so about six or seven years ago, I just began to notice some pain like in my body and like it was like unexplained. And so over time it became chronic pain and Obviously, I'd never dealt with that before, so it was a very confusing time, and I went to doctors and just trying to get to the bottom of it, and nothing really offered answers at the time, so um, after that, I just uh, been introduced to different different things, and like uh started to learn more about my body and just like even the the science of it and how the brain works and everything and um also just like discovering my own worth was very big a big part of that yeah and how like religion for me just didn't personally offer those opportunities for growth. Yeah. Or or any relief, mm-hmm. honestly. So that just caused me to question to question my beliefs. Yeah. So. Absolutely. How about for you, Paul? Mm-hmm. So interestingly, Sharon, for me it was similar um, in some ways to your story. Uh, I know worth was a huge aspect of what brought me to doubt. Um, as I um, basically really struggled under the weight of feeling unworthy and really just did not like the way that felt. Um, it was such an incredibly mm-hmm. destructive thing for me to feel unworthy. And, and I know for me, uh, my previous um, religious views, I would say that was the main fruit of those views were just this crushing unworthiness. Um, yeah. that was so destructive for me. So that was a big aspect of what brought me to doubt. Um, and another aspect for me was my sexuality. So myself being a sexual minority, being super, super gay, 
Um, I, uh, obviously that doesn't work out, um, with the, the Christianity of my childhood, um, Mm. doesn't do super, super gay. They're not about that life. And so, um, and they're not about that, uh, innate characteristic, I should say. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, it was a, it was a ticking time bomb for me. It was either, okay, am I going to keep trying my damnedest to reject the truth of who I am? Uh, mm-hmm. In order to be able to pr- keep participating in this particular religious system of beliefs and practices and community, or um, is that unsustainable for me? And is that um, just completely unrealistic to do? And so basically, I found um, my way to doubting and deconstructing through being unable to reject who I am uh, sexually and who I am as, as a person. And so that brought me there, and that is why I am kind of in this process that I'm still in today. Hmm. So Sharon, I'd like to talk about um, some of the obstacles that could have or perhaps prevent a lot of other people from deconstructing. So did anything almost stop you from deconstructing, or what obstacles or fears did you face Yeah, there were definitely a lot of them. Um, Yeah, I would say the main one would be people-pleasing, because I pretty much have done that all my life. Yeah. And it it comes with my personality as well, but it it had gotten really bad by by, uh, early adulthood, I guess, so. Mm. Um, And just, you know, how others would feel if I wasn't uh, practicing in these beliefs anymore, uh, if I was going to be completely different, you know, things like that. So that was a major one. Definitely, yeah. That was huge. And then just knowing that I would possibly have to uh, at least set boundaries on other people's relationships and in general would just have like almost a loss of community at least temporarily. Yeah. So that was also a fear of mine. Yeah, for sure. I know that is something that um, brought me before kind of my process of uh, doubting and deconstructing. Um, Community was something that kind of kept me in church longer than perhaps I would have stayed in church. I don't know if you, Mm -hmm. it sounds like your experience was was a little bit similar uh, as far as keeping you from, yeah. um, you know, maybe we both had a lot of question marks when it came to our beliefs and our religion um, mm-hmm. that we just were kind of ignoring because it was like, oh my God, but my friends or my, my community, those people that I love are are a part of this. And what, is it, what does it mean if I get out, away from this belief system? Does it mean I'm also getting away from those people that I love, which is very understandable. And yeah. for me, um, yeah, uh, you got the typical fear of hell um, was one for me. Yeah. Um, you have the fear of rejection, like you were mentioning, um, and also the fear of being wrong. I think my upbringing and my religious context just did a really great job of making me believe the things I believed previously. And there was no doubt in my mind that, you know, there was a, if I messed up, I was, I was on the, a train straight to hell. Um, and there was no doubt in my mind that 
sin was horrible. And if I was kept sinning, then I was, you know, just going to have a horrible life. And, you know, all of these, uh, what I now see as oppressive beliefs, um, uh, were things that I truly believed. So I think the fear of being wrong and the fear of deconstructing uh, only to find, you know, at the end of my life, I die and I go to the, the pearly gates and that I get sent straight to hell for having, you know, doubted and deconstructed basically was one of my main fears, um, which is something that I, I, is far from the way that I perceive all of that now, but it was definitely one of my fears um, at the beginning of my process. And so, Sharon, I want to ask you now about um, how you went about this or are going about this. I know neither of us are all the way through this process or if even being all the way through this process is possible. But I wanted to ask you, Sharon, how you um, kind of got started with this. Yeah, so it was a lot of learning about myself as a person and how my body and my brain actually work. So through neuroscience and about how my body and my brain work and like learning about myself what what I'm actually worth and just like having people in my life that can speak into that because as you mentioned we definitely grew up uh, learning or being taught that alone we weren't really worth so much Mm -hmm. it was It was through religion and our beliefs through a higher power, basically. Mm -hmm. Alone, we were not really that great. Absolutely. Yeah, in my case, how I have uh, kind of embarked on this deconstruction is a bit unorganized uh, and random. It's been very much day-to-day, and I acknowledge that some days, there are days where I miss going to, you know, uh, I would say church. It's not necessarily the church aspect I miss, but there are a lot of days where I really miss the community um, that a, a, a religious uh, community has to offer or a church or whatever. Um, and there are other days where I have zero desire to go, you know, uh, hang out at a church or things like that. So it's definitely a day-by-day process. Um, but for me, I think I was just mainly... Um, trying to define, or the most important thing for me was just trying to define what do I want to stand for? What do I really believe in standing for? Because in this process of of deconstruction, of course, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater in a sense, but also um, I don't want to only deconstruct a tiny bit and and hang on to a lot of things that I perhaps doubt or don't actually believe. And so it's that kind of uh, really tricky balance between those two things. Um, But for me, one filter that I came to um, that kind of gave me peace in that uh, complicated place of how much do I want to deconstruct? How much do I want to really challenge? Um, I came to the filter of, is this good? And is this hurting anyone? And so um, I think that is this hurting anyone, especially including myself, is perhaps the most useful one sentence question that I could ask myself in this whole process of deconstruction. Whenever I get to a belief that I perhaps am doubting or, or feel like I maybe should challenge, I can run it through that filter. Is this hurting anyone um, or hurting myself? And come to find out a lot, a lot, a lot of the beliefs that I 
held to so tightly in my Christian upbringing were hurting me and were hurting me significantly. Um, perhaps this God that I do still believe in created me in such a way that instates my worth and that actually deems me worthy and incredible and creative and lovable and all these things that I know at my core that I am. Um, and so, yeah, that was my main filter was just that, uh, is it hurting anyone and is it good? Um, it was kind of the things that I started running my beliefs with. And it was surprising how many beliefs I found for my Christian upbringing that were just not good and were just absolutely hurting me or hurting others. So Sharon, let's talk about um, some of our takeaways so far. I've already given a couple of examples of things that I've taken away so far from my... Yeah, definitely. A lot of things have changed for me as I've begun this journey and I'm still on it. But uh, the freedom of like seeing the other side of that bondage for me, mm-hmm. which is what it felt like to me. Yeah. I'm not saying it does for everyone, but personally. And just finding purpose and joy in life uh, outside of religion even. Like, there's so much that you don't think about when you're in it. And just the importance of self-love. Yeah. Sharon, I know in both of our answers so far, we have uh, talked about worth. And I know that's such a huge, important uh, topic. So what have you come away with? Uh, what, What? How have you deconstructed that? And what have you come away with so far concerning your worth? If God made us then he's in us correct and like so how are we not worthy if we believe that god made us in his image and we are part of him from the beginning then how can we say we're not worthy he's in us Mm -hmm. like he created us and how others might kind of distort that would be yes he loves me because I believe in him. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that's true. I think it's just because he created us. Or Correct. Yep. We are part of him. So in and of ourselves, we are worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's so many examples like in, in human nature in general. I think of parenthood as well. Why do parents love their kids? Because they're their kids. And it's not necessarily because their kids love them back. It's not necessarily because their kids are always on their best behavior. A lot of times kids are little shits. Um, and, but they're their kids and they love them. And then I think we can know, okay, if you believe in God, you believe you're a child of God. Or more broadly, just believe that uh, you're created by God uh, or in connection with God then you can know um, essentially that you are worthy, that you're lovable, that you're um, incredible. Because uh, I don't think anybody who believes in God would think that God is this real stupid guy that's just loving people who shouldn't be loved. Or girl, or non-binary deity. That was wild, that was all over the place. I don't know if that's making the episode, but just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. All right. One of the things that I believe is that Jesus's ghost would roll over in his empty grave if he saw 
what the mainstream Christian community has become. Looking at what I was taught about Jesus Christ um, and whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not uh, is kind of uh, irrelevant in the fact that you might be able to see that some of the things that Christianity teaches don't seem to agree with things that Christianity or the Bible says Jesus Christ is. I found so much comfort in this idea of Jesus Christ and in this idea of the Savior who came to save us for obvious reasons that's comforting. Um, But I also found so many inconsistencies in what religion was teaching versus who Jesus Christ is described to be like in the Bible. So for me, I definitely have thrown out most everything. Um, I do still identify as Christian. That's a whole nother uh, podcast episode for sure, where I can dive into why I still identify as Christian. Uh, But to give you a very Cliff Notes version, I still identify as Christian because there is still something at the core of Christianity, perhaps, or at the core of uh, this Christian perspective of who God is that I find comfort in and that I find value in. And I don't even truly understand or I don't know how to describe what that value is yet, but it's still there. Also, it's fun to still identify as Christian and be openly homosexual because it makes people angry. Um, (laughs) and my objective in life is not at all to make people angry, but if making them angry perhaps helps them to challenge some beliefs that they might have doubt around, then I'm all for it. Um, but some of the general core beliefs that I've definitely come away with is love is love and love is everything. Another one is be kind. Another one is open-mindedness is key. I think within Christian communities, there's this general like rejection of this, even the term open-minded, because the open-minded is just seen as the arch enemy of defending Christian values and traditionality and all these things. And I just find that really ridiculous. I think uh, being an open-minded person just means that you are willing to learn and that you are willing to be challenged. And I don't think anything negative can come from that. Uh, Sharon, I don't know if you agree with me on that, Um, but open-mindedness, in my opinion, is just so key to figuring out. Like, I wouldn't have been able to even start this process of deconstructing if it weren't for saying, okay, I've got to squeeze my mind, you know, grab the little doors of my mind and start, like, pulling it open just a tiny bit. Um, And now I do consider myself a lot more open-minded, and now I am willing to challenge things, willing to learn and things like that. And then also, um, I'm an ex-evangelical. I think the main thing that did it for me as far as saying goodbye to evangelicalism was travel um, and was getting the incredible privilege of uh, getting to know some other cultures and some other people and some other belief systems. And seeing that a lot of religions and a lot of belief systems have very similar cores, have very similar things at their center, this idea of God, this idea of a creator, this idea of love. Um, And essentially, as I uh, became a bit more familiar with uh, those other religions or other way of thinking and cultures, um, it's just hard to think that they're wrong because Christianity would have, traditional Christianity would have me say, Jesus Christ and Christianity is the only way to do life correctly. 
And when you meet other people, it's hard to keep thinking that when you see the intrinsic value and um, start to appreciate other cultures and other religions. So Sharon, what is next for you? Okay, yeah, definitely continuing to question my beliefs um, because I've seen the importance of that. And yeah, even if the beliefs do hold true, I have still questioned them and found them to be true. And that just makes them even more meaningful, I believe. So, and just becoming more and more open-minded like you mentioned, and just understanding others, like, even if they do choose to identify as religious, and that is helpful to them, just being open to that, and meeting them where they are, and then just continuing to encourage others to look inside themselves, Mm -hmm. because for me personally, when I did that, I was able to find so much freedom in that, and to just live completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I would mirror a lot of what you're saying there. Um, self-righteousness for me is definitely a, a something that's stuck with me. That's something that was birthed out of my family context and my religious context growing up, but is hard to shake. Like I find myself still struggling sometimes with the thoughts I think about people. Like perhaps I'll see somebody you know, doing X activity that I just think is the stupidest shit ever. Um, And in my head, I'm just like, well, that's the stupidest shit ever. And they must be the stupidest person ever. And that's kind of an extreme example of what goes on in my head. But that's definitely still happening. And that's something that I definitely identify as something that uh, that was a big part of my religious upbringing, including my parents, um, my family upbringing. And I really want to shake that because that's so limiting even just socially like if i'm judging people or if i'm being self-righteous or if i feel better than other people i'm naturally going to not put myself in environments or in the context where i could learn things from those people who are human beings just like me have just as much value as me and have great things that they could share with me and perhaps we could we could grow with each other Um, so that's something that for me i'm definitely still working on fighting back against my own self-righteousness, my own intolerance towards certain people, um, including people uh, in traditional religious contexts. I know it's hard for me sometimes to uh, have a productive, uh, you know, uh, beneficial conversation um, with with the Peter Burek's of the world, the the people who are uh, still in a more traditional, Christian uh, religion, basically. And I need to work on that. Being able to have a productive conversation or being able to have dinner with somebody who has beliefs that perhaps are detestable to you. Perhaps they're, you know, so strongly different than what you believe. Uh, But having the the opportunity or having the ability, rather, uh, to sit down at a table with them and to try to be kind and try to be understanding... (laughs) Uh, That would be what's next in my process is trying to hone those skills of uh, empathy and understanding and respect for people, uh, perhaps on the other side of certain belief spectrums 
Um, while also, I, I will add a footnote here, uh, while also never shying away from my obligation to uh, defend or to fight against things that are hurting people. And so there are beliefs in certain religions um, that are undeniably hurting people. Uh, I think of anti-trans and anti-LGBT uh, type beliefs that are actively hurting people, and that's not okay, and I'll never shy away from that. And I won't apologize. Um, I won't apologize for insisting on fighting for um, all human beings to be treated with respect and with love. All right. So, Sharon, we're down to the power question. Woo! All right. This is great. All right, Sharon. So we have covered some serious ground in this episode, but we're in our wrap-up stage. So we have uh, our power question now, which I'm very excited about. You can feel the power in the air. And (laughs) uh, Sharon, I'm going to throw this one at you, and I'll let you knock it out of the park. Um, What would you say to someone who is interested in deconstructing but afraid to start that process. Maybe this is someone who doubts if their current beliefs are worth defending. Maybe this is someone who is looking at the obstacles and the fear between them and deconstructing, and they're just afraid of the consequences um, that could come along with that, the social consequences, the religious consequences, whatever have you, just afraid of that. What would you say to those people, Sharon? Yes, I would definitely say is going to be a challenge, but... What you're gaining from it is completely worth it. And the freedom that you'll experience from it is just unexplainable. Absolutely, Sharon. I would completely agree with you on that. And I would just add that everything worthwhile is scary. Uh, From my experiences, that is just the case. It sucks. I would love for awesome things in life to be the easiest option, but they're not. So everything worthwhile is scary, but I will say that you're stronger than you think, and there is only one way to prove that. And what I mean there is that take the risks, try it, you know, this doesn't doesn't just apply uh, to this process of doubting and deconstructing, but to so many processes in life. If there are anything, if there's anything going on that you really want to do uh, and something that you think will be healthy for you. Just do it, and I think you will really be surprised um, to find that you are stronger than you think, and you are more resilient than you think, and you're able to handle these things um, that are worthwhile and beneficial for you. Also, uh, you will experience so much freedom from this. And I would say trust yourself, listen to yourself. Something that doesn't feel right probably isn't right. Even if everyone in your context is telling you that it is. I can't say how many things that that applied for me for. um, Where I really just didn't feel right about a particular belief. And I learned to trust myself in that. And I learned to challenge those things that I didn't feel right about. Even if everybody else was saying it was right. And that's so important. Also, some of your relationships will suffer. But it will be worth it. There are multiple family members, unfortunately, who I don't have a relationship currently um, as a result of my process of deconstruction, as a result of 
me embarking on this journey and me saying, no, you know what? I'm not just going to take what I was forced as a shit and I'm going to get rid of all of the shit that I don't believe. Um, and all of the shit that's so dangerous or so damaging for people. Those are the things that I would say to anybody who is kind of on the edge about this and kind of um, really eager to embark on this journey, but just concerned about it or worried about it. So what is it that we would like to encourage you to do? So for me, what I would really encourage you guys to do is just to dig into everything you were taught to believe. Don't put red tape around any belief. I know that some beliefs are just incredibly intimidating. Like, it's just like, okay, this is at the core. This is so important. Like, I can't possibly challenge that one. Challenge it. Nothing horrible is going to happen to you as a result of this process. You might challenge these things and find that you do truly believe in them or that you do truly align with that. And that's great. That's fine. At least you took the time to really, you know, really deconstruct and really figure it out. So dig into all of them and really find what's worth keeping um, and throw out everything that is just outright wrong for you or just doesn't add up for you. Yeah, if you are not going to take anything else from this episode, I would say one major thing would be to just to look inside yourself and get to know yourself like honestly we don't take the time to do that enough we may not even know what we like because we're letting other people tell us like we don't know what works for us sometimes and we never go inside and actually challenge that and so I think that is a very important part of deconstruction so just knowing and allowing yourself to become who you're meant to be without those barriers and without the beliefs holding you back and standing in your way yes so you guys thank you so much for listening that does bring us to the closing of today's episode And if you like this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. If you have any questions um, about this topic uh, or even about other topics uh, that might have been kind of briefly mentioned in this episode, I just wanted to make myself available to talk about these uh, with any of my listeners who are interested in talking about this a bit more. So just let me know um, on my website, on my social media, wherever there's links everywhere to be able to contact me. So that's it for this episode. Sharon, thank you so much for being here. Have any parting wisdom or or a special goodbye message for everyone? Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been really great and I hope that good things come from it. We will close today's episode with a quote from Aisha Tyson. Your journey has molded you for your greater good, and it was exactly what it needed to be. Don't think you've lost time. There's no shortcutting to life. It took each and every situation you have encountered to bring you to the now, and the now is right on time.